Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Sex Cells podcast. We're back after a week off. Today, we are talking about new types of cheating, different types of cheating, micro cheating, all these new ideas around infidelity that have come into the public sphere. Um, by the way, I should also say this is the podcast where we talk about uh, dating, relationships, culture, and society from a male and female perspective. Um, Eliza, how are you doing today? I'm doing really well. Thank you. I have done nothing today, so it's been good and relaxing. How are you? Good. Yeah, I'm good. I went to the gym and ate. That's good. <laughs> it's a good, it's a good As you should. Good day, yeah. Um, <laughs> and it, 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 there's been a heat wave here in Sydney for the last couple of days. It's cooled down a little bit. Um, so spring is definitely upon us. Has it been hot in the central coast? Yeah, it's been shit. I hate hot weather, but... Do you have a pool or anything? No. We have a spa, but um, unfortunately Adrian is not very skilled at maintaining it. I could, but... I what didn't. What do you need to do to maintain a spa? There's so many chemicals. I mean, we don't, the what? previous owners left us like a list and was like every, I think it's like two weeks, you need to put this much and one cup of this and one cup of that or whatever. What? And Adrian got lazy, left it for a few weeks, and then he just put a whole bunch in and then I went in and I got like chemical burns all over my, <laughs> my body, like this crazy rash. Bro, um, I thought was terrible. a spa was just water with bubbles. No, this well, this one's a hydrotherapy spa, so oh, I don't know wow. if that makes a difference, but it's spas are the most overrated thing thing you can have. Yeah, it's just bubbles. Yeah, well, do you know what's funny is like I kept joking when we were looking for a house. I was like, my only requirement is a house with a spa, and then when I saw this Why? house, I was like, this is the sign. We need to buy it, and I went in it like three times. <laughs> There's something about a hot tub or a spa that seems very luxurious, but yeah, it's just. The bubbles feel weird. Yeah. Especially mm. when it's just like you and your own just sitting there like, <laughs> my neighbours can see me. <laughs> yeah. They've yeah. got a hot tub as well, like on the other side of the fence. <laughs> yeah, what's with hot tubs? Everyone thinks a hot tub is, is a status symbol, don't they? Uh, yeah, and I did Ooh, fall into that a hot tub in, They're not that expensive. How, mu- how much is a spa? If you, if I think 5000 I oh, looked it up. okay, okay. Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm sure you could get cheaper, but well, now all the rage is uh, what are they? Ice baths mm. and plunge pools. Yeah, yeah, you get those portable ones. We just get a bunch of ice and yeah, put it in, and then have you done that? No, I've never done an ice bath. I do cold showers. Um, yeah, but I don't have a bath, so and I'm not going to get the portable one. And then what? Go to Seven Eleven and buy buckets of ice. There's every day. places like. I've seen gyms popping up specifically like for sauna and and ice baths and I don't know if there's anything else, like if there's actual gym, but they're like a thing now everywhere. Yeah. I feel like a lot of this is uh, middle and upper class people saying like, <laughs> well, it's so inspiring to go through like something tough in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Whereas most Conk people the day. can barely afford groceries now and they're like, yeah, I already have enough stress. <laughs> That's I don't so need, to, need to be put in like sub-zero temperatures to go through my stress. So, yeah. Very true. Um, <laughs> it is all the rage now though. Uh, Wim Hof started all that, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Uh, what, what, what nationality is he? Is he Swedish? Norwegian? Some random Viking-looking dude who swims in ice, swims in cold water every day. 
Oh, I don't know. Dutch. Dutch. Yeah. Um, so weird because I'm into all of this self-help, you know, physical therapy stuff to a degree, but a lot of it – so Andrea really likes Andrew Huberman and a few of my friends are mm, in love with Andrew yeah. Huberman and I'm like, well, what is the core message of what he says? He's like, it's good to sleep and get sun and not drink alcohol. I'm like, don't you already know that? Do you know what? It's funny though because people – we all know these things, but to actually implement them is something else that's a completely different thing. Like, um, you just need a handsome for, buff man with a, yeah, a lot of science. You need the repeated language. message of someone that you find interest. It's, yeah, yeah, I think it's like a thing that it has to be repeated to you multiple times. Like, Adrian and I were talking about this the other day when he's he's been in therapy throughout his life, um, on and off for anxiety. And he's saying, like, oh, I feel anxious again. It's so weird. Like, why, why am I feeling like this? And I was like, what have you done? Like what, what tools did you learn in therapy and what are you implementing now? And he was like, I don't know. They say the same thing. And I was like, it's funny because when he, when he goes, sometimes he'll do like two sessions every couple of years and then he comes home and he's like all of these things and he's going for like runs and he's doing meditating every day and we're eating clean and he feels so good for like three months and then you fall back into your old trap again and he's like, why am I anxious again? So it is funny how it's like we get stuck in that. And I actually experienced that myself recently when I um, was doing the 75 hard challenge and I lost – it's like 75 days where you have really rigid rules and it's not about fitness or weight loss. It's about um, like the mental discipline and basically you're supposed to read every single day you're supposed to drink four liters of water. No, ch- no treat meals. No alcohol. So no you're doing drugs. All this with a with a baby. Yeah, and you have to exercise twice a day. It can be walks, but it has to be two workouts a day. And I did it, and I lost ten kilos, which was pretty crazy. Um, wow. And then I put a bit back on, and then um, I felt so good. And the craziest thing was, and this is, I think we talked about this. This is when I started like doing voice memos to myself in ter- in like replacing a journal I would make like a two-minute voice memo every day and when I went back and listened to them recently at the start of it I was talking about like how like when I was really unfit and everything I was like my I'm in so much physical pain like my body it just hurts so much like after pregnancy and birth and weight gain and all the changes that does to your organs or whatever and I was like I was just in agony I couldn't fucking walk and I already have like back issues and everything and then two weeks in just eating healthier and exercising, my pain was like completely gone. It was crazy. I was like, this is the first time in almost a year and a half that I haven't had like a chronically sore back and aching muscles everywhere. And I hadn't even lost weight at that point. It was just like because I was like anti-inflammation. So, And then what happened when I finished the challenge, of course, I was so excited being like I have not had one like – single treat in 75 days I'm going to treat myself and boy did I fall off the the wagon I obviously did not learn to keep anything so I'm like started again now um but yeah and then I was I realized like three weeks later four weeks later I was like hang on like I was reading for two hours a day because I, I would do it while I was holding Remy at sleep on my kindle and stuff and now I all of a sudden wasn't reading I was eating shitty again and it's like yeah, actually, you know what? What they say about eating good and exercising is fucking true, but <laughs> we all know it. But it just is like 
the effort of doing it and sticking to it and making it like a lifestyle change rather than a temporary thing, which is rich coming from me. I've gone through this cycle like 490 times. <laughs> Isn't it crazy? You see those memes on Instagram where there's someone with that disgruntled face and they do that funny cartoon where they've just got crayon all over their face and they're like, oh, the world we live in is so terrible and here are all the political things and then it's just, oh, God, you're giving me your hardest battles and then it's just um, the Chad face that's like, bro, just get off your phone and go outside. <laughs> it's that simple. <laughs> it's, it's that simple. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, literally. Yeah. It truly is. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Honestly. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that's good. Good on you. Um, that's pretty impressive to do that while you got a baby. So yeah. good stuff. Um, Thanks. I just, I still think it's, I really loved all those health influences at the start when they all came out. But now, um, I, you know, I think their message is important, but we treat them like they're Aristotle when yeah. literally he's like, yeah, get sunlight. The sun, yeah. we need that. Well, stay tuned um, for next week's podcast to hear more about this then. Uh, that's true, yeah. <laughs> this um, is the god of our of our generation. That's right, yeah, self-help. Uh, mm. And here, here we are, two millennials who basically are doing yeah. a self-help <laughs> podcast. But, uh, yeah, so true. So new, new types of cheating, I've, I've heard of a few. I mean, obviously I know about, you know, emotional cheating versus physical cheating, but... Yeah. Some of the ones you mentioned in the message that you sent me before we started recording this podcast, I'd never heard of. So things like micro-cheating and whatnot. So how about you give us a rundown of what some of these new types of cheating that you've heard about are? So I think what's been really interesting is that with the influx of social media and education that we get from it, we're getting a lot of terms which have been around for a long time, but people are developing an understanding of it, which has a lot of pros and advantages in the sense that we can understand, okay, there is some micro-cheating going on in this situation, whereas before we wouldn't have labelled it as micro-cheating. We'd probably say it was toxic behaviour or or fuckboy behaviour, et cetera. So micro-cheating is basically like you're not flat out having an emotional affair, you're not having a physical affair, but you're just teetering on crossing mild boundaries. So like, for example, it could be um, secretly messaging someone, deleting your text messages, lying about being in a relationship, just saying you're single, giving out your number, even if you don't have an intention um, to go on a date with someone, you're just polite, you give out your number anyway or whatever. Um, Turning to someone else to have your emotional needs met, especially if you find that person attractive Um, and also trying to seek friendships with someone that you're sexually attracted to whilst in a relationship because you're just trying to kind of get close to them. Um, asking someone like personal questions, basically about like their sex life. That, like for example, a guy and a girl, their friends, they're out getting coffee. They're both in relationships, and the guy's like, "Oh, do you wear like lingerie when you guys have sex, or do you just go fully nude?" Like that can be an example of micro cheating, um, where it's it's kind of basically unethical behavior within a relationship that is teetering on the cross of the boundary with someone else involved, a third party. Um, so it's, yeah, now now we kind of have the language for it. People are say, saying every, everywhere, everyone's micro-cheating, all this, that, whatever. Um, it's cheating, it's cheating, which, you know, if that's your definition of it, and for me I would consider it micro-cheating, yes, then it makes sense. But um, it is, yeah, it, it is interesting. And then the other thing that I 
was talking about or that was um, came up for me was I was on I think I was on Reddit and of course, um, course. <laughs> Adrian was like, "What would you do if you had to delete Instagram?" And I was like, "I wouldn't care, but I would die without like." reading Reddit relationships and <laughs> <laughs> like I read it for like eight hours while Remy's awake overnight. And average Redditor meme should actually just be you. <laughs> oh, no. I don't look like the average Redditor. Please don't say that. <laughs> the average Redditor is actually probably maybe like an OnlyFans girl. <laughs> really? Because well, yeah, all those like, memes that they're like, oh, average Redditor and it's a dude with an a neck beard. Yeah, 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 yeah. I feel like it's changing now that there's been such an influx of like even just like I'm only in subreddits that are about like relationship advice, children, parenting and things about like um, questions that people have about sex. There's one that's like Reddit after dark. It's really good. Um, and so many people in the comments use it to like subtly promote themselves and they're like, oh, why do I love anal so much but other girls don't? And you're like, okay, I see what's happening. But anyway, so I came across this post and a girl was saying that she, am I the asshole? I think it was, um, which is my top favorite Reddit. And she was saying, um, I don't even know if it was on there, but anyway, she was saying her boyfriend was engaging in online sexual behavior with an AI bot. Um, so they were dirty talking and he was paying very minimal amount, like $2.50 or whatever, but he was getting off to it and it was just messages coming through on his phone. And she's like, is this cheating? Like, do I break up? Because this he's, it's an AI, but it's, it's so interactive and like, he's getting off to it, feeling like it acting like it's someone else that's literally talking to him and responding to everything he's saying. So that was an interesting thing. And then this other, mm. um, girl I follow on TikTok. She's quite popular and she's been, I can't remember her last name, her name, her first name's Francesca and she's been on um, a few reality TV shows and she's now uploaded her um, AI onto this program. We might've mentioned it before in a previous podcast, but you can put your face and voice and like, and copyright it as an AI so that when someone is video calling you, it literally looks as though we're interacting right now on video where you see me, you're hearing my voice exactly like that. And the AI is so fast and intelligent that it the conversation is flowing. So she, all she so had she to do was- she actually responding with the voice? No, she just okay. had to sign sign over the rights for them to use her voice and face. So people, and so now could people technically are paying pay to, to talk to- yeah. As it's her. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. But she's a very like, she's very sexy. Like it's pretty clear what these people are going to be talking oh, to her no one <laughs> about is most likely. Yeah. You're the last person who's ever going to have a kid. <laughs> Look at all this. <laughs> it's so scary. Honestly. Oh. The Mormon community is starting to become more appealing every day for me. Um, yeah, they're going to they're gonna take over the world just because they'll be the only ones having kids. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but isn't that crazy? So when and then it comes into things like, okay, well, so what's considered porn and what's considered cheating? And if they're not an actual individual person, but this guy is seeing a girl naked in front of him, hearing her voice that he technically feels that he knows her and she's responding to him, 
how was that not how was that different to paying like an OnlyFans girl and having online sex with her? And then some people don't even consider that cheating. It's like a whole web of confusion about what is cheating, what is not, what is ethical. And I see every single day people coming up more and more like, is this, should I be upset about this? Or I found this in my husband's pocket or I found out this, or, I found out my wife is doing this. And it's like, gosh, just sit down right now, even if you're 10 years into a relationship and have a conversation and define what your boundaries are and what your rules and expectations are in regards to faithfulness, porn, cheating, all those things. Like what do you consider cheating? Because I might go and kiss a girl and one boyfriend might say, that's not cheating, that's hot, whatever. I don't do that, by the way. And another person might be like, well, she literally just kissed someone else, that's cheating. Like Mm. just because it's a girl, it'd be racist, um, racist, it'd be sexist to not be offended by that. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah that's you a funny one, I mean? isn't it? Yeah. When, yeah. You can go ground on a girl, but <laughs> don't do it with a guy. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, all that's pretty fair. I don't know. With the AI, having an AI bot chat sex definitely makes you cringe. But I guess if everyone watches, not everyone, but a lot of people watch porn, yeah. you can make the argument, hey, well, it's not that much different to porn. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's and that's the argument that people make in defense of themselves. So that's where it gets really tricky. How does the AI um, chatbot work? What do you? What if you say something rogue? Like, hey, what do you no think script, of the? Yeah, you, you can literally say anything, and it'll make it sexy. Yeah, that's kind of funny. It's so crazy. So you can say anything at all. Like, what's your opinion on the state of the economy in Venezuela? Yeah. Like, yeah, the state of my yep. economy is wet or something. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I'm going to go onto it just to see, just to see I what questions I can ask. <laughs> Put yourself on there. See if anyone, like, engages with you. But it's like, remember when we did a podcast ages ago on – um. On sex robots. Yeah. That was a good one. And they've become so advanced now that not only can you like cater exactly how they look, you can choose their boob size, their height, blah, 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 ethnicity. You can literally choose their voice. You can choose their tone. Are they sassy? Are they gentle and girly and young and polite? Or are they dominant, et cetera? And then you can further from that program how they respond to you. Like you can literally program in their personality so that when you're having intercourse with this sex doll, they're engaging with you in the way that you feel is the most sexually satisfying. And that's also another thing that I keep seeing online is women saying that they don't feel like they have enough sex with their husband, they burn out, housework, blah, blah, blah. He's not satisfied with the amount of sex they're having. She's allowed as um, a sex doll, but then out comes the most realistic-looking woman thing they've seen and then they're all of a sudden they're weird about it and they're like, mm, this feels not right. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. Yeah, that does seem odd. Yeah. Just I don't understand why can't people just um... – Use their imagination. It's, yeah, we we're, were so used to not doing that. Like, think about, like, before we had phones, you'd sit in a in a waiting room for a doctor for, like, an hour and a half, and you literally just daydream. No mm. one daydreams anymore. No one takes the time to, like, 
sit and think unless hopefully you're driving but even now like podcasts are more popular than music basically like you have something constantly thrumming into you and I know that like I've observed that about myself like when I cook dinner sometimes I'll have a podcast going or an audio book and I'm like god like I don't have to have something coming in my head all the time information or whatever like I can just sit and be bored that's you can't can't help it because it's just why not be stimulated by something that often is educational or informative or entertaining um i look who i was listening to a podcast ironically and and someone was saying well the question isn't why are all these people engaging in these new behaviors with these realistic virtual sex dolls it's why would you not at this point, yeah. because they're so uh, realistic, tempting, they fulfill everyone's fantasy. So the question has to be reframed. It's like, how do you get people to not be tempted yeah. by that and to avoid that and to just be happy in there or at least be fulfilled and content in their you know, real life human relationship? And look, the best situation that we have so far is, is religion. And again, we'll probably talk about this in the next podcast. Uh, or at least just a very strong code of ethics that uh, are culturally enforced. But right now, uh, if you were a you know young man or even an older man who is struggling in the dating world and getting a lot of rejection, I mean, why wouldn't you want to subscribe to uh-huh. someone for ten dollars a month and get that parasocial relationship or get a realistic doll that super flirty and fulfills every fantasy you want? Yeah. Um, it's very easy well, to judge, and and I think it's still it's still uh, it, it's not it's not a good thing to do, even if you are in that situation. But it, it's getting to a point now where you think, well, I can't I can't blame them too much if they're if they're really just facing if they're just that lonely and or constantly facing rejection. Now it's very different if what you're talking about with the people who are already in a relationship, and that it's. It, it's contextual, depends on what people think is cheating and what they, they think is appropriate. Um, the AI chat sex is, uh, I don't know about that one. I think that's I think that's too far. I think it's just weird. Uh, and then the one with the sex doll is just, I guess it's not a human, but it's just, it's weird. Just use your imagination. That's how I feel about it, but. Yeah, and you know, there's a there is an well. For actually, before I say that, um, on the point of like single people that are engaging in it, and it's like, what's well, bad? This is a very like a um, I guess it is common, but this is a personal story that happened to me where I went on a date with a guy once, and then like two minutes into our date, or a few minutes in, we established that he had been in a relationship with someone, a girl that I knew. And we could tell immediately, like, it wasn't going to be a thing. But we had a good talk. We were having to, like, we were just immediately knew that this is not going to go anywhere. That was, like, friendship. But we were just hanging out. And um, this girl he dated, she was beautiful, absolutely stunning, intelligent, blah, 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 sexy. And he's told me um, he broke up with her because he just really, like, struggled to find her appealing and attractive all the time. And he couldn't help but compare her to the porn that he watched. And he was like, I try to stop all the time. And he's like, I wouldn't even say that I'm addicted because I only watch it like three times a week. 
But when I do and I go back and look at my girlfriend, all I can see are her physical flaws. So imagine when you're single and you're engaging in this um, AI or whatever interaction and you have, or even a sex doll, and you ha- you're you looking in the eyes, particularly if it's like a video thing, of someone that you feel is like the sexiest woman. You may have that parasocial relationship with her and she's somewhat celebrity and she's so hot and she's staring you in your eyes telling you how fucking sexy you are or whatever. And then you go out into the real world and, you know, maybe a girl's not going to give it up that easy or maybe someone's going to push back or maybe they're not going to be literally perfection catered to your personality to what you you desire it's going to be really hard when you get your utmost desired and then have to apply how do you deal with that in a relationship because it's extremely unlike unlikely that you will find someone that is your most desired person in the entire world for the entirety of your relationship with zero flaws that might eventually impact your sex life or whatever at some point. Um, Of course, maybe that happens, but it's unlikely that this is going to be like a 10 out of 10, you know, relationships ebb and flow. Sometimes it's going to be an eight out of 10 for a week or whatever. So it's so dangerous to, to do that. But then how do you convince someone to not engage in that behavior for the sake of their future relationships? Like, do it for the future yeah. you. And they're like, well, I'm not in a fucking relationship right now. Like why Why would I have to? Yeah. And I, I actually had a message um, from someone who li- listens to this podcast and he's really, really lovely. And he said um, he wanted to get more sexual experience. He's finding it hard to – I think he was saying he's finding it hard to like pick up and have like a casual fling because he builds emotional connections – really, really fast or easily, I don't know. And he was kind of ready to settle down, but he wanted to get more experience before he finds someone and then settles down with her and then never got that, like, chance to sleep around. And he's like, well, if you can't find someone to just have that casual fling with, he was considering hiring an escort and I was like, go for it. That's great. You should, whatever. But he was so considerate of his future relationship and how she may – perceive that and how like would he disclose that to her would he tell her i saw an escort like would Why how would tell, she feel like, about that i don't that? think you need to tell someone that if yeah, it's in that's your what past. i said I, i'm pretty sure that's what i said well like, then and, then and if she asked yeah just explain yeah it. i did it the truth yeah yeah no and no some people also, will still like, be some people are still very uh, some people will definitely be uncomfortable with that but yeah i don't know you can't have everything and I think the more people know about escorts, the more educated we are. The, the, the I feel like it's actually more gentle to receive that information if you're more educated on it because, like, I know that in when I was 20, if a guy or a boyfriend had told me that, I probably would feel extremely threatened. But now having studied and worked alongside, as, not as a fellow sex worker, but having worked alongside people that are sex workers, et cetera, Almost everyone I've met and every escort I've met, they're basically all just like normal average women that aren't particularly outstandingly 10 out of 10s, you know. Like some of them are like 43-year-old. Like one woman I literally studied oh, with was a 43-year-old so with five kids. <laughs> um, and she was a, yeah, she was a sex worker. 
And a lot of them are people that, yeah, anyway. So I well, think that having that education about it is okay. beneficial, but also just being upfront and being like, I did say to him, like, I think that if you find it to be like a really enjoyable experience, my only thing would don't, don't make it become a thing where you're going out and it's an escort every week for a year and you've, you've had a hundred escorts or 50 escorts in the year. I could see that someone might <laughs> struggle with that concept, even though I could rationalize it and understand it as someone that's very sex positive. I know I personally would still struggle with it a little bit. Um, but sex if you're just positive. engaging in someone I've seen ongoing. 50 escorts this year. I'm just so sex positive, man. You know? <laughs> um, I'm doing it for women's rights. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine hearing Now that would be something not to say. <laughs> um, yeah, my thing is, okay, look, if you're going to go for a casual one-night stand, what are you doing anyway? You're going out to a bar. You're probably spending money on drinks. Yeah. And you, look, you might spend hundred to two hundred dollars if you include the Uber. If you include everything, it depends how fancy a bar you're going to. Well, why not just go to an? It's it's actually just more. I would argue even not more ethical, but it's just a much simpler transaction because everyone knows what they're there for, and yeah. you're not necessarily manipulating someone to make them feel like you might want something more. Yeah. Just go there, and then you know. You're in and out in half an hour or two minutes, however long you take, and yeah. and that's it. I, I think, think I think that's better than the, the robot. But I think the robot's weird. I think the human is at least yeah. it's a it's a real person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a lot of people that are escorts, I, I want to differentiate as well between escorts and like brothels because oh, yeah. although brothels are very popular and they're fucking everywhere in Sydney. I didn't realise this. I lived in Crow's Nest and I didn't realise till after I left there's like a brothel, like three brothels on every street. <laughs> and I was yep. like, I'm shocked there about this. Yeah, and I saw someone post tell on – the address um, of all – no. <laughs> <laughs> there's one near your place. I remember I used to walk past There are two. I my car. My- uh, yeah. <laughs> right next and, um, to each other. I don't know why. If you – and then when I was looking at – um. That's why I live here. In, no, I got to stop. All right. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I've never seen that. When I looked at um, massage places in Crow's Nest, oh, this is how I discovered it. I was coming back to Crow's Nest. I needed a massage. So I was looking at best massage places in Crow's Nest and then I was reading the reviews and so many of them were like, she's great, gave me a happy ending, um, very efficient, doesn't kiss, and just fully just saying it in their review, like everywhere. And I was like, what the f- Oh, this is crazy. Like I probably had a massage from that place not knowing. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah any, anywhere with a neon massage sign is probably yeah. a brothel. Yeah. Well, I saw a woman post on a local Facebook. I think it was the Willoughby Facebook page I'm still a part of And today. And she said, how can I tell? I've seen it like I think she said she saw a receipt or something of her husband going to um, get a massage and she's like, I know he's cheating. How can I tell if it's a brothel or not? And some people are like, it's if there's a red light in any aspect, it's a brothel. Um, and then other people are saying they've changed that now and the best way is to go in as a woman and pretend you want a job there and ask them what's expected. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, I'm sure like it's – I'm sure there's websites that say that. But anyway, so there's that and you – if you want to be very ethical, it would be worth – doing your research into it because there are a lot of women that work in brothels, uh, international students that can't afford rent in Sydney, 
um, and aren't they're not ideal circumstances and may not be super stoked with their job. Yes. Whereas an escort, very regulated, they get to choose their clients as well. It's like a you know an agreement made upon each other with a brothel. It's usually just you walk in and they have to say well, they don't have to, yeah. but they say yes. Whereas an escort, you get that interaction. You often go out for dinner or drinks or. You have um, go to the house and socialize for a bit and she will ask you things like, do you want me to talk to you? Do you want me to be nurturing? Do you want me to be like just come in and get straight into it? Like do you, what are your thoughts on kissing or I do this or I don't do that or I expect a shower before and I need to see you shower before and after. Like there's all these things and <laughs> it's not as – romantic as tv makes it out to be in fact it's quite like it's very transactional yeah it is and it's like even to the point where it's like i i see a lot of women that are sex workers say that they don't allow men to put condoms on themselves they must do it and they most of them like 80 percent of them don't kiss and engage in that um so it is like it's probably better not to because you can potentially get the old herp from a kiss yeah. So course, not yeah. to not to suggest that uh, you know I'm not trying yeah. to say all, all uh, that someone in that profession may be more likely to have it or whatever, but look, they are around sex a lot. So yeah, there is um there's a guy I came across on TikTok and he was really interesting. He was a young like our age Australian male escort. And a straight male escorts one. really uh, intrigue me. But yeah, go on. Yeah. I'm, very, I'm interested to hear. This. And he was really like his videos. He would he was doing like Q and As. He was so lovely. Like he just seemed really nice, really friendly, very like Aussie and down to earth. And it wasn't like it's so funny because when you see like women, they often have to like they're selling the sexuality of it and. I had this would be hot. And for him, he was really selling the, I'm a nice person and I'm safe to be around and I want to make you feel good. And he said, people were asking him, like, do you see plus size clients? Do you see older women? Um, and he's like, yeah, I love, you know, I love my big women. I've always enjoyed them and I love making love to them. And yeah, I see clients all over Australia or maybe the world. I don't know. Like I get flowing places and I've taken people's virginies that are anxious about it. It's all about what you want. And I was like, this guy is like, and and he uses TikTok to promote himself, but it was so good. I literally thought if my friend ever came to me and said, I need, I want a male escort, which I don't think would happen. I would be like, I know the guy. (laughs) Well, that's becoming more common. Yeah, because that parasocial relationship. Yeah, and, well, from what you hear, uh, a lot of women are dismayed at the uh, opportunities that they're getting with men who aren't doing it professionally. So (laughs) I guess there's a market there and um, good on them, you know. Uh, I'd just be so, like, what if you can't, what if it's, what if you actually can't perform? Or like as, what? Like you have as to the fake sex worker. Yeah, like what if? And, and, and not the just Viagra, for the man. Yeah. yeah, I know. But Vi- even <laughs> with Viagra, it's sometimes not ga- a guarantee. Yeah. And yeah. I guess it's their job, so they have to. Yeah. They have to do it. And what happens? Like, can people get their money back if if they're not satisfied with the? Like, what if 
she doesn't orgasm or something, can they, is there like a... Orgasm guarantee. Yeah, like what is it? (laughs) No, I don't think so. And I know this because I've seen guys talk online about they went to get experience via an escort or no, via a brothel and then 45 minutes into a hand job. (laughs) She's like, my arms hurt and your time's up. Oh, yeah, no, for the, for the, yeah, for the, um, for a male paying for a female escort, I totally get it's all time based. Um, I assume it must be time based as well then for the other way around. And some women don't expect, you know, there is a somewhat high percentage of women that, for example, like it's what's the stat? I think it's less than 20% or around only 20% of women can orgasm just from vaginal internal stimulation. So basically penis in vagina. Um, And most women, majority of women actually require external stimulation and sometimes they don't want to be touched or sometimes they don't want guys going down on them, especially if they're inexperienced or whatever. So they might be going into that being like, I don't want an an Mm. orgasm. And that's why this guy is so good because he – he sells you on that relationship and that safety aspect. There's another guy I follow. I don't know if he's a sex worker. I can't tell. And I'll have to send you his videos. And he's this beautiful black man and he goes around and he's very like spiritual and he's a masseuse. Of course. (laughs) And he videos though the massages he gives and he gets the women in um, like – Bikinis, and this is just women of all shapes, sizes, ages, disabilities, everything. And obviously, he gets a consent to film them and upload it. And he'll, like, for example, he'll have them in the bath. They're wearing bikini, they're clothed, and he'll give them like a 40 minute, like, massaging, shampooing their hair, being really tentative, um, just touching them, hugging them, holding them. And it's like the massage was like 20% of it. And it was just like that the tender loving care aspect of it that I think that so many women find appealing, which is why sex dolls are so unappealing as to most women as a sexual outlet because a lot of women are turned on by the interaction more than they are about the physicality. And so I was thinking like the in regards to like the micro cheating as well, like, well, what about gone wild audios? Like I've just discovered that's a thing recently <laughs> all over the yeah. internet where people will put like 40 minute voice recordings. And so many of them are directed to women as well. Or where basically he's, it's a recording of a man that's like talking to you as though you're there with him and he's telling you what to do or whatever and they make like sounds and everything. It's a full production. It's crazy. And it's like telling you what to do in a in a sexual context or Yeah, like I can I love the way you're touching yourself. And then they'll literally have a sound going of something like some squishy sound going in their recording. And then he'll be doing it as well or something. It's like so and so popular amongst women. And when I saw, I came across this because I saw a um, person, it was like, what's your growing market? (laughs) Yeah. What's your favorite, like not safe for work um, subreddit. And so many women were saying gone wild audios, gone wild audios, gone wild audios. Like it was so popular amongst women. And then it's like, well, is that, 
consider the same as watching porn where it's a man and a woman and on a screen or a woman and women, whatever, an orgy, who cares, interacting sex where you're separated? Or is it is that another level of a boundary crossing because you're imagining as though someone else is and you're hearing someone else talking to you as you? It's yeah, there's all there's these a lot of questions, little, isn't there? Yeah. I Yeah. I think you're your people are being uh, a little bit utopian if they think their partner will never ever be sexually yeah. attracted to anyone else yeah. ever. I think then the question is, okay, what what are the boundaries based on how far they act upon that sexual attraction? And that's obviously a conversation you got to have. But this is from a purely economic point of view. This is such a growing yeah. market, isn't it? Because yeah. uh, w- women are making a lot more money now, and there's a lot more single women who are the projections of how many women are also going to be childless and and mm. it's going to go up to 40% they're saying um mm. so man i got to become a, a male escort pimp <laughs> do you think there'll be rappers who are <laughs> like female rappers you know how there's all these male rappers that are like yeah i'm a pimp and i got my tr- what are they the tricks or whatever yeah maybe i should do it maybe yeah. i should become a madame is it yeah i guess the madame but of men yeah yeah and like from good it's it. always former army guys that become male escorts. Is it? Oh, maybe that. not. But I, don't I saw know I saw one that was a former. Oh, when I say I saw, I saw online. Um, but right, that's interesting. Yeah. Oh yeah, I got that SAS. They do love uh, destroying brown people, so you know. <laughs> that was a good joke. All right. Anyway, um, uh, but the the. Uh, Look, this is the truth. When I was single, I was looking at an uh, escort website once and then they had mm. a male one and I was just like, oh, I want to hear what they, honestly, what yeah. features they have here. And it was just like former uh, army guy. It was his height. It was like the measurement of his cock and it was all very. Oh, wow. But then it was also things like, yeah, it will be fully attentive and they just all that. want to give you. Actually, a there's a show. Where, yeah, there was in a lot like- of that. A really old show, like 2000, and it's so good. It's called Gigolos. I can't remember what streaming platform I watched it on. Oh, I saw but that. It, it follows like six guys and they're all um, escorts and you see their clients. You literally – I'm pretty sure you literally see them having sex as well. Yeah. And it's all about like when they stay overnight, how they interact, how they charm their clients, and they've all got very different personalities. Like you can see like some want the macho man that's just going to come in and take them and some want that um, really attentive, like I'm here to listen, we'll talk for nine hours and then I'll kiss you tenderly and – put a finger in and go home. <laughs> like it's so funny. Like the, it was interesting <laughs> how much it differs amongst them. And also seeing the women that use them as clients, like a lot of them were women my age, like some of them um, didn't have experience or some of them were just like busy business women. And they're like, I just want to get laid with someone I find attractive that knows what he's doing. And then a lot of them were like rich cougars. I don't know why. There was a lot rich. of that. Yeah, yeah. Like 60 year old wealthy yeah. um, mansions <laughs> and then they go and they just get totally spoiled, these guys. Yeah, mm. it's so fascinating. I highly recommend that show if it's still available to watch. Well, there's a profession for you if you're a, uh, mm. a man um, looking at the cost of living now thinking <laughs> I'm I feel all like right every guy would be like, I could do this and then. There's a lot of cougars out there that, um, yeah, 
Hmm. Get on it. Well, it is. It. Look, from a from a external perspective, not just looking at it from an economic point of view, and not just objectively looking at the trends, there is a somewhat of a sadness to how transactional everything is becoming. Yeah. Everything is becoming a commodity, and maybe we need uh, strong cultural boundaries and just a cultural framework that allow us to uh, enjoy our animal instincts in a way that is still harmonious for a community and for a larger social environment. Uh, But this is the world we live in now, isn't it? And the the Muslims are going to take over. They're having having seven kids each. (laughs) No, I'm not saying that in a bad. I'm not. I'm just. If I were a betting man, I'd bet on Islam. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess if you look at the the long term trajectory of, I think you're the last person I have a kid ever. Yeah. No. <laughs> but, look, in all seriousness, no. That with all these, that is just where my mind tends to go. Which with all these avenues that are fulfilling people's sexual desires without requiring a monogamous relationship or just a relationship with a human with a that isn't transactional and that's more long term it is going to massively impact how many people have children and of of course everyone has a choice to do that but over the long term if the birth rate does dwindle there's there are societal consequences that come with that and we've, we've talked about that on previous podcasts so that's the big existential question that pops into my mind after hearing about all this, as entertaining and as funny as a lot of these stories are, that's something that does worry me. Yeah, yeah it always it terrifies me, especially for the future generations. And I do wonder as well, like how, how in some ways we're becoming more, I don't want to say more rigid about cheating, but more aware of aspects of cheating and putting more boundaries in, but also in other aspects I feel like that we will be, becoming especially in the future potentially more flexible with things based on the technology around us and having to change what we consider to be unethical or ethical within a monogamous relationship well, they'll so, put it on the app they'll they'll ask you a question with all those questions they ask on bumble they'll also ask you do you want a partner who looks at porn do do you are you comfortable with this are you comfortable yeah. with that? i'm surprised i haven't done that already yeah why wouldn't yeah. they it's easier than to match with because someone like that of women would say no and 95% of men will say yes. (laughs) Or they'd lie and say no. Yeah, and then the pool's just, yeah. Yeah. But that's a good idea. Yeah. Or maybe there should just be like an app that's purely like the most ethical version of monogamy where it's like you don't engage on with thoughts on Instagram. I hate that I just said thoughts. Let's pretend that didn't happen. You don't engage with sexy women on Instagram or sexy men. You don't send flirtation messages. You're not engaging in VR or or pornography or whatever. Everyone will say, yeah, I won't do that. And then they'll be tempted. (laughs) Probably Christian mingle. They'll say all that. But then they're the ones who actually end up in a same-sex relationship because they've been so shamed out of that. So... Uh, maybe we've got to go back to some of the stuff we talked about in the really early podcast we did, which was, all right, a, a relationship is doesn't actually have to be predicated on love. It, it, there's a, yeah. some degree of intimacy that occurs, obviously, 
But in the um, in previous eras, even in some of the most more sexually prudent eras, there were your wife and your husband or your husband. It was more of a economic arrangement or an illegal arrangement, and it was well known that mo- mostly for people in the middle and upper class, they were all having affairs on the side. Mm. Mm, yeah. Maybe that's the best option. <laughs> Maybe, but I'm going to say no. <laughs> yeah, right now. And no. I'm also going to say as well, like. It's it's totally up to every individual. Obviously, we always come down to this and what your boundaries are and what you what you want and what you do or don't desire, you're okay with, etc. But I want to say as well, like it is okay to expect and desire like these boundaries to be put into place. It is okay to say I'm not comfortable with this and have that boundary. And we can't be like, well, you know even though we're talking literally like times are changing, we're being hypothetical. Like you can still, you don't have to just doom yourself to what you want in a relationship because of the development of technology or whatever. Have your boundaries that you feel comfortable with and just find someone that fucking agrees with them. Just talk about it early on for the love of God. Like Absolutely. Just, and and, and yeah. also what's happening is because we're so atomized, we're putting more pre- pressure on the monogamous relationship. And then that's what mm. Esther Perel always talks about. Mm. She says, your romantic partner is your best friend, your confidant, your they're partner your in crime. Yeah. They're your yeah. lover, but they're also someone you depend upon and someone who's consistent. They're your almost your business partner in managing a household. And mm. y- y- when you have that much expectation of one other person, yeah. you're not bound, but you're much more likely to be disappointed because this person is a human being and they're flawed and they're imperfect. So yeah. there has to be some sort of new social norms that emerge and I don't know what they are. And we, yeah. oh, we're we going to get – we've said that three times. We're really hyping up the next episode, but we will get into it in the next episode. So um, thank you for listening, guys. I hope you enjoyed that one. And if you have any escort stories, let us know actually. Yeah, please. I'd love to hear them. Um, maybe we should start a, a sex sales subreddit. How do you That's do that? Great idea. I don't know, uh, but probably, that'd be so fun. Yeah, maybe someone. I would start love it. that. We'd, but then we'd add, literally become a Reddit mod, and I will become that cliche. Oh, actually, yeah, that's the worst stereotype of Reddit. Being the moderator. <laughs> yeah, actually, maybe not. Maybe a Discord. No, that's even worse. Just message me. Yeah, I'm not gonna tell anyone your Eliza. identity. Like, I, I'm pretty good secret keeper. There you go. All right. Well, if well, I talk about it on the podcast, I won't say your name, obviously. I won't even look at your profile. There you go. So message Eliza any any cool escort stories. Um, thank you all for listening. Share this podcast with someone who you might think would benefit from it and follow us on uh, Instagram. You try, I, know, I know I haven't been um, very frequent with the updates on Instagram and, and TikTok and I do apologize for that. I've got a lot going on, but we are trying to pump up out these episodes as frequently as possible we've mostly stuck to once a week and i will uh, post a little bit more on the instagram so thank you everyone for listening we will see you next week see you next week